As the wax flows over your body, I hope you realize you look beautiful. And if it acts as a sort of odd, eternal torture, I think it's worth it still. Hello, and welcome to uh, Casting Wax Mother's Scapey, also known as Scape. Wait, mm-hmm. I'm the host of the show because my dad was named Jordan. Well, he still is named Jordan, but he he left the show, and it was his show, and he left it to me, 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 because I am the best, probably because I did the best job of talking on the show of anyone else. Well, I don't think that's why. Well, it's probably right. So I'm the host of the show now. I think it was just because you were there at the time. I don't think that's why, but I'm the host of the show now, regardless of why. Okay, and I result, I am going to be, um, hosting the show. That's what a host does. So, I have with me some co-hosts, which are, like, I think that means, like, not as good hosts. No, that's not what it means. He's right, actually, that's not what it means. Okay, well, then I would say it right. I have some other not as good hosts with no, me. No, uh, co-host means together with the person. Well, that's why I said not as good host, because I was clarifying. Yeah, but we're not not, okay. Escape, can you just do the, introduce us, please? Yes, I was gonna. All right. Uh, that one here is Rory Sinjin. Hello, yes, my name is Rory Sinjin. I am a co-host of the show. I'm an extra historian, which means I study alternate realities, the histories of alternate realities and uh, possible alternate realities, which I then therefore confirm the discovery thereof. Okay, and uh, that one over there is Frank Allen. <laughs> Hi, yes, I am Frank Allen. Uh, I am a, well, a talk show host, a radio host, a uh, professional at certain points. I have been almost professional. Um, the point is, though, I do host some segments of the show as well. Yes. And lastly, I actually have, okay, a special guest. Mm-hmm. He's a friend of mine who I worked with when I was an actor in Dad's shows that you hear on this podcast. Dr. Nectori Steloff. Hello, everyone. It is a pleasure to be back on the podcast yet again. Uh, I am Dr. Nectori Steloff. I am a science doctor, as in a, 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 a professor, as in a scientist of some sort. Uh, I have lots of degrees, so actually I am lots of doctors uh, all in one. But my name is Dr. Nectori Steloff, and I do study lots of things, especially science, but especially science that people don't think of as normal science, and they think perhaps that science is crazy, so they call it uh, crazy science. It's a pleasure to have you on my show. Oh, it is a pleasure to be on the show. It is unfortunate that Jordan cannot be on the show as well, but I'm happy to be on the show myself. It's good to have you back. Uh, so, Doctor, crazy science? Do you mean mad science? Uh, no, it, it is... Uh, it tries not to get too aggravated because uh, if I if I have negative emotions when I am trying to make the things that I make, they will have negative impact in society, you see? So I try to be happy and uh, be pleasant and a positive attitude all the time. That way, the inventions I have have the good energy in them and they will go out into the world and make the world a better place. Right. Okay. Um, sounds good by me. Of course, uh, w- one thing that is sort of strange is that, uh, Scape, when you were on Epic Echoes, uh, you were playing a character named Fertress Fuzzbottom, but Dr. Notorious Stelloff was was the name of the character that he played on the show. Is that not correct? Didn't we? I think we discussed this on another show. Oh, did we? Uh, no, I believe you're, you're probably right. Yeah, I think we did, so. Right. Let's move on. Let's move on. Scape, uh, please, why don't you take, take control of the show? I, I have control of the show. It's my show. Okay, um, so here we go. We're going into, oh, guess what? Uh, first part of the show is called, it's a- so what? 
to watch. We're watching from Owen, Owen. We're watching from Darwin, Owen, Owen. We're watching from Darwin. He's a Oh, yeah. That's not, I don't think that was necessary. I don't think you had to add all that part. And you specifically, and you know, there's always a vague implication that the name of the show is talking about me. But this time you came out and said it, and I don't think you had to do that. There's always a vague implication. Well, I'll come out and say it. Frank Allen is an a- Yes. I don't think anybody has a problem saying that. Escape. Frank Allen, no, yeah, Frank Allen is an actor. That's why we do actor watch, Frank. You guys, you know. Uh, yes, it isn't actually nice to call Frank Allen an a- Even if Frank Allen is an a- you should probably say Frank Allen is a generally not nice person. Okay, doctor. Th- thanks. Well, can we just get this segment over with? Do you want to say your part? Yes, yes, of course. Uh, this is, of course, the big week when Allen Industries does unleash Allen Cable Television on the world, um, and the Allen Cable Television shows begin showing. Um, at this point, anticipation is high uh, among the, the community, the entertainment uh, industry community, and they are all looking forward to see how this goes. You know, it's a new cable network. It's trying to compete directly with some of the more established ones. New really show how it's going to turn out. Uh, Franklin Allenton is, uh, has given some statements in which he said that, you know, he's very excited about the programming that they have in store. Uh, so unfortunately, there's not a, a ton of news at this point, but other than, like I said, the, the anticipation. Everybody is really chomping at the bit to see how these shows turn out. Especially, uh, you know, us, because as you know, they are very similar to shows that we do on this show on a daily basis. On a, a weekly basis, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, so, you know, we'll see how that goes. However, we on Apple Watch are fortunate enough to have a, sort of an exclusive look because Mr. Frank Allen, who stole all the ideas up from our shows uh, to put on Allen Cable Television, is right here. So, Mr. Mr. Allen, now that you're getting absolutely zero money from Allen Cable Television, are you excited to see what they do with your show ideas? Are you going to watch Allen Cable Television? And uh, and what are, what are your thoughts generally? Okay. Well, no, what is this? This is an ambush? I'm not going to answer these questions. No, no, uh, so, no. I'm sorry, Frank. It's just, you know, this is an exclusive. It will give us some publicity. You know, you are Frank Allen, the Allen of Allen Industries, the Allen of Allen Cable Television. Uh, the show, the show's named after well, you. Well, I mean, it is really, but legally speaking, it's not named after me. I'm sorry? Well, for legal reasons, I had, you know, when I was the head of a company, I had lawyers who were advising me, and at, at that time, under their advisement, uh, legally, on paper, the company is named after uh, Sir Roy George Douglas Allen, the uh, English uh, economist. Allen Industries is named after Sir Roy George Douglas Allen? Yeah, um... English economist. He um, he was a, a lecturer at the London School of Economics and a professor of statistics, author of uh, Mathematical Analysis for Economists, uh, Statistics for Economists, Mathematical Economics, and uh, Macroeconomic Theory. Uh, he was knighted in 1966, and um, I believe he came up with the concept of partial elasticity of substitution. So, you know, he's a pretty admirable guy to name stuff after, as far as guys go. And exactly how do you know so much about Sir Allen? Well, they, again, the the lawyers advised me to learn a lot about him so that if people questioned whether it was named after me, I could. Well, I'm sort of giving it away now. I guess I probably shouldn't do that. I signed a non-disclosure, so... Can we can we cut that part out? I don't know how to edit the show. Right. I believe I have an invention that can help with the problem, Mr. Allen. I actually have a reality editing device. Or what I can do is I can actually go use it to shoot back in time to take out part of reality so that no one will remember that you said those things. Well, how does that work? Like I said, I just aim it at the part of time that you were talking about, and I hit the button, and it cuts it out. The problem is that once in a while I can miss, and it can hit a person and travel backwards along their timeline and erase them from existence. But, not to worry, none of those people exist anymore. 
anymore, so you don't know that they're missing. <laughs> you know, it is not that big of a problem when you look at it from the afterwards point of view. I don't think I want to take that risk then. Well, it is up to you, but I thought I would offer. Thank you for the offer. Oh, come on, Frank. I'm sure I'm sure it's not that big of a risk. Why don't you give it a game? Well, that's, I, this doesn't sound why. I mean, what, for all we know, there used to be five hosts to the show, and, and he's already, you know, erased one of them from existence. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I don't know why you would uh, th- suggest such a thing that is absolutely not the case. Like I said, I use my inventions for positive things in the, the world, so I do not try to erase people from existence. Th- this this invention, actually, I don't even have this invention anymore. I was only talking about a theoretical invention. It does not exist, and it never has, actually, so <laughs> uh, never mind. Okay. Anyway, um, what, so is that the end of the watch, guys, or is there more hours to watch? No, I think that's about all the there are, you know, Frank Allen, Franklin Allenton. So that just about covers it for this week. Um, hopefully, you know, by next week's show, we'll have seen all the the shows in question, and we will uh, be able to give you our thoughts on them. You know, that, that should be that should be interesting. I, I would say. Okay, yes, yeah, sounds like fun. Oh, except that's right, that's right. They have that show that with the cat telling the right like it. You like it fine when you're doing the telling of the story. Yeah, right, that's a, I, that's my point. I like it when I do it. I don't like it when other people. All right, well, let's just can we get on with the show? Fine. All right. Well. Let me introduce this one. This one is called Guard Duty, okay? It's the show that Dad did, okay, where there's superheroes, and they're like, blah, 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 talking about stuff. And they talk about stuff, like, for real. I don't think you're doing a very good job of explaining this. Okay, okay, okay. They talk about, like, the superhero stuff they do. Anyway, forget it. The point is, this one, they're going to be interviewing another person to see if they should be one of their team of superheroes, okay? So, just listen to it. You'll get it. Very good. Very nice. The Earth Guard. The planet's most powerful heroes united in the common goal of protecting the innocent people of planet Earth and defending them from threats of all kinds. From the Guard Tower, their base of operations... They watch over the citizens and spring into action at any sign of danger. To that end, the Guard takes shifts monitoring events all over the globe. Sooner or later, they all have to take a shift of Guard duty. This week, Peas Blossom and Mr. Fahrenheit in solid gold. All right, now listen. As the Earth Guard's official press secretary, I think I should handle this interview. Excuse me, sir. I tend to disagree. The stallion said we were to work in pairs. Yeah, okay, sure he did. But as the official voice of the Guard, I think what I have to say counts a little bit more than any other member of the Guard. More than the leader of the group? Not so. Besides, my views on this applicant are just as valid as your views would be. I do demand my right to question her. What? Are you going to ask her for a phone number? Jeez. I would assume that question would be on the application sheet, would it not be? Well, yeah. Never mind. Look, fine. How about this? We'll alternate questions, okay? Me, then you, then me, etc., okay? That way we'll both get our fair share. Well, I suppose that sounds equitable. Good. Did you read the file? Of course. Great! She already know. She's called the Golden Eel. I've seen her on the news. She's tall and built. Stacked and strong. So you're going to have to, you know, 
rein yourself in. Just what exactly do you mean by that? Look, I know how it is with your type, and I'm just saying, let's keep this professional, all right? I don't want you to ask her anything, you know, inappropriate. I should think of the two of us, twould be more likely you would say... Hello? Why, hello there. Welcome, Miss Eel, the Earth Guard Press Secretary, Mr. Fahrenheit. It's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you. It's my pleasure as well. I've seen your work, and it's quite impressive. Thank you very much. This is Peas Blossom. Very in exile. Welcome, fair Goldeneal, to our tower. Tis made more radiant by your presence here. Thank you. It's nice to meet you. Remember what I said. Appropriate. I merely said... We'll talk about it later. Let's get to the interview, shall we? Please, have a seat. Thank you. I'm just going to ask you a few questions about yourself. We'll just see how it goes from there. Will that be all right? Sounds good to me. Excellent. So, hmm, the Golden Eel. Why would a beautiful woman like you pick that slightly phallic name? Well, my powers come from finding a golden idol of Tuna, the eel god. The idol was a golden eel, and I took my name from it. To be completely honest with you, I'm not sure why my sex should have anything to do with who I am as a hero. I always find it slightly insulting when heroes feel the need to modify their names with sex-based modifiers like man or girl or mister. Yes, I suppose I could have been eel girl if I wanted to define myself by my sex, but I see no reason to do so. Oh, hang on, oh, you're... Mr. Fahrenheit, is my turn now. Fine. Whatever. Thank you. Now, golden an eel, can you tell us just what your superpowers do entail? Do you have the abilities of eels? Good question. I do, to some extent. I can generate and control electricity, which has a number of practical applications. I can use it to stun opponents. I can make electrical devices stop working. At this point, I don't have fine enough control to do more intricate things like sending electronic computer signals, but it is possible that, with time, I could develop that ability. In addition, I can breathe underwater, which occasionally comes in handy, and my blood is toxic, which rarely comes up, but can be beneficial. Most amazing! Now, Mr. Fahrenheit? Thank you, finally! Now, I can't just let what you've said before go without a question. About the irrelevance of sex and crime fighting? No, no. You got your powers from an eel god named Tuna? The hell is that? It's like a dog named Kitten, or a brand of beer called Apple Juice. Eel is the English word for the animal, but some cultures use the word tuna. But I don't see how that's relevant. That's stupid. What's their word for tuna? Salmon? Pardon me, but your question is up. Fine. Jesus, stickler for the rules much? How would you say your powers would fit in among the Earth God as it stands right now? Would they be complementary, or would they build upon what we already have. I've actually given that a lot of thought. I wouldn't want to join the Earth Guard if I was just going to echo somebody already on the team, but I think my powers are sufficiently different from the rest of the Guard that I would be a valuable addition. For example, yesterday, when the Guard fought Boulder, yes. you and Captain Fantasy were tied up dealing with the downed power lines. If I had been there, I could have handled those on my own, redirecting their currents or even absorbing them into myself. That would have freed you and the Captain up to deal with other things. Boulder himself, perhaps, or rescuing people. That way, when Boulder increased his mass and brought Birthday Boy crashing into Elysian Park, instead of Birthday Boy throwing him under the surface of the moon, Captain Fantasy could have put him to sleep, and he would not have gotten lost among the moon rubble. So yes, I think I would fit into the guard, filling a unique niche that no one on the team has yet filled. Okay, okay. Now I get two questions. What? Why is that? You had two questions. Hello? I did not. First you had the one about how she fits into the Earth Guard. Then, when she was telling her story, you said, Yes? Just like that. It was a question like, Yes? This is preposterous. It I... counts. I'm the Earth Guard official press secretary, and I say it counts. Double stamp. Now, Miss Eel. You can just call me Eel. All right, Eel. Or should I say, Tuna, answer my question from before. What? What question? If they call eel tuna, what do they call tuna 
Salmon? I have no idea. Bam! Stumped her! I couldn't tell you what they call Tuna because I don't actually speak the language. Tuna is the name of the eel god brought into being by Hina and slain by Maui, the basis for the golden eel idol, the idol which gave me my superpowers, with which I fight crime. Which, interestingly, I do quite well. I have letters of reference from a number of prominent law enforcement officials. Oh, really? Yeah, okay, we'll get to all that, but it's still my go. So next question. Do you play Uno? Uno? Yeah, Uno. It's a card game. And what exactly does that have to do with whether she should join the guard or not? Oh, well, for your information, Miss Smarty No Pants, Uno happens to be both a great way to pass the time as well as a good test of strategic abilities. And that counts as your next question. So now I get another one. As soon as Eel here answers my first one. So? No. No, I don't play Uno. I consider it to be a pointless and silly waste of time that could be better spent using my powers to fight crime. That's why I'm here. I thought the Earth Guard existed for the sole purpose of fighting crime and defeating supervillains and threats of all kinds. Apparently, I was wrong. From what I've seen today, you're far more concerned with petty bickering, stupid questions, and now children's games. I'm beginning to think I might be better off fighting crime on my own than joining you. Now, wait. I do apologize to you most humbly and sincerely for this lout, but he does not speak for the God entire, regardless of his title he has claimed. We others take our jobs seriously and do devote ourselves to our God work. Don't let the actions of this one moron color your views of the Earth God on whole. I do assure you, you are wanted here. Fine, I'll stay. But I want to be taken seriously. I want to answer questions regarding my abilities to fight crime and my qualifications to do so. No more of these nonsense questions. (laughs) All right, all right. I'm serious. I know, okay? All right, here. I've got a good question. A real question. One that actually concerns your ability to fight crime. All right, good. Are you gay? Golden Eel, don't go! I swear he's just... Oh, you arrogant, malodorous nitwit! What? That was relevant! If she was another gay chick, she'd get all distracted by you other gay chicks. What? (laughs) Games. Jordan D. White, with Michael D. Murkowski as the narrator, Angela Tymon as Peace Blossom, Elijah Weberhan as Mr. Fahrenheit, Guinevere Eckert as the Golden Eel, with theme song by Michael D. Murkowski. Welcome back to Casting Wax. I always said Cats in Wax. (laughs) Very funny, very funny. Can we, can I please talk for a little while? Well, you're talking right now. What's the next segment of the show? It's Rory's segment next. Um, Rory, let me just ask you a question. As someone who studies extra history, yes. do you think the show, looking objectively, right, at realities in which Scape hosts the show and realities in which I 
host the show, which realities tend to be the better realities? That's a, that's a very interesting question, Frank. Um, however, it's it's a, it's a difficult question to answer because it's a, it's a mathematical conundrum, really. With an infinite number of realities, uh, one can always say there's actually an infinite number of all types of reality as well. You know, because infinity contains an infinite number of infinities, really. When you when you look at it in, in a certain point of view, so um, there's an infinite number of really wonderful universes where you are the host of the podcast, and there's an infinite number where Scape is the host of the podcast, and it's great. But there's also an infinite number where Scape is terrible, and there's an infinite number where you are terrible. So it really perfectly balances out. Well, did you add in this one? Because I think in this one, it would be better if I was the host. So I would. So that would be infinity and one. Well, I don't think that you understand how infinity works, then, because there's no such... Thing. Oh, on the contrary. Actually, I invented the machine, which what it does is it actually creates something that is outside of infinity. So you can say, I have an infinite number of eggs, but I need another egg that is not part of that infinite number. And it says, oh, here, here's an egg that is not counted in the infinite number of eggs that you are at the other. And then you have an extra egg. It is outside of infinity. And basically, all you have to do is you take this box, okay? And you put in an infinite number of things that you have. And it will output an entirely new thing based on the concept of the infinite number of things that you've already put in there. So, for for example, if you have an infinite number of shoes, you say, okay, let's put in infinite number of shoes. You pile them all into the box, you close the box, you push the button. When you push the button, out pops a pair of shoes you will have never seen the shoes before because it is an entirely new pair of shoes. But they did come from, in a sense, the concept of shoes, the, the, the earth shoe from a certain point of view. The, the, the shoes that you will then have are basically very close to the abstract concept of shoe, which in itself is not part of the reality of the infinite number of shoes that you actually have. So you have an in, in infinity plus one shoes now. Ah, but what if you took that pair of shoes and added it back into the box with the rest of the infinite number of shoes? Oh, eh... Uh the, they would not actually be able to work because when you do this box and you hit the button, uh, all the infinite number of shoes uh, are uh, used up. So when you get to one pair of shoes, I mean, it's kind of an in-out problem. You you put in infinite number, you only get one back. So you sort of end up as a, at a loss, which is unfortunate, but it is worse because you have earth shoes. You had you had lots of shoes, but now you have earth shoes. I don't have a clue what they're talking about. I have even less of a clue, so hmm. let's move on. This day in history, go! Hello and welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sindian. On March 30th, 1981, President Ronald Reagan was shot in the chest outside of a Washington, D.C. hotel by a deranged drifter named John Hinckley Jr. Let's hear what he had to say. Jody Foster is gonna know my name after this one. <laughs> 25 points for the arm. 25 points for the arm. 30 points for the shoulder. 30 points for the shoulder, Jody. 50 points for the chest. Jody Foster's gonna be my bride in this one. 8 points for the head. <laughs> oh, I'm Jody Foster, and I love you now, but I should let you know that I have every STD ever, so it's not really that great. Tell me, magic voice, how much do I get for killing Jody? Twelve points, plus you get an extra fifty if you shoot Ronald in the chest. But magic voice, winning isn't everything. I'm, I'm just gonna take the gun and use it on myself. And because John Hinckley Jr. did learn the important lesson of winning not being everything, he was given the Congressional Medal of Valor for being such a good sport. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. But hold your fire. 
My name is Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History? on Castan Wax. And if you're like me, you're wondering about that mysterious voice that told him to shoot the president. Fortunately for you, I know its backstory. That was the evil demon Nargathamil. He's one of Satan's lieutenants in his army of the damned, who specializes in trying to get people to shoot celebrities. The fact is that most crazy people who try to kill celebrities were influenced by Nargathamil and believe that they are winning some sort of giant game. And in fact, they are. Nargathamil has set up an elaborate system down in hell by which anyone who does score points in his game is put onto the chart and there's a running tab totaling how many points each person has. At the end of all time, the winner of this game, of course, will win and the prize will be being defecated upon by Nargothamil. The truth is that his toilet broke a number of years ago and he's been looking for a replacement and he figured, well, I can wait a little while, why don't I wait until the end of all reality and I will poop on whoever, you know, wins this game. So the fact is that winning really isn't everything in this case because winning is actually a detriment. Winning means that you get, you know, excrement all over your body, which is not really that pleasant, especially when it comes to Nargothamil. My name is Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. That's just the sort of ignorant nonsense that Jordan would normally complain about, but he's not here, so you can talk about hell all you want. Excellent, excellent. Um, I will say, Nargothamil is a danger that everyone here should be looking out for at all times. Um, for example, I, the other day, was walking down the street and I heard a little whisper that said, you should shoot Franklin Allenton. He is now a public figure. You will get a million points if you kill him. And I, I ignored it. I said, no, you know, I'm actually not interested in killing him. Thank you, Nargothamil. I declined. Okay, now, I know I I just said you can go ahead and talk nonsense, but that's so clearly nonsense. Oh, it is not nonsense, actually. I have a machine. No, that... uh, you talk even more nonsense. I mean, this is I. This is a. We should make this a no nonsense zone, oh, and we'll only tell truth in this uh, room from now on. Only tell the truth. Why? Why would you do that? What difference does it make to you? Do you want people to lie to you? What? You know, here, escape. Uh, I'm going to give you moist food. No! I was lying. I'm not. Oh, you are a bastard. And you broke the no-nonsense rule. It wasn't really a rule. Nobody agreed to it. I just was throwing out an idea. It sounded like a rule to me. At that point, I had decided no-nonsense. But now you've broken it, I can feel free to do nonsense for the rest of my life. No, that's dirt. That's definitely not what I said. Well, I actually have invented the machine that lets you hear what people have said before. It doesn't... We don't have to. I'm rec we're recording it. So it that machine's already been invented. It's 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 a recording device. Uh, well, perhaps I invented a different recording device. We don't need another recording device. Oh, God. Scape. Remember when I asked you to take control of the show and make sure you keep it? Yeah. You have not been keeping it. Because uh, I'm, I'm upset. You said you were going to be much for it and you didn't. So maybe I'll just make chaos rain. What do you think of that? I think you suck and I think I'll take control of the show if you don't. All right, but then I will. Uh, okay. Uh, next part of the show is the Frank Allen part of the show. So here is a show called Debatatorium. Hello, and welcome to Debatatorium 2007. My name is Frank Allen, and this is the fourth episode of the program, uh, meaning we do have two all-new debaters who are looking to become the debatator of the year, if they can manage it. Uh, we do have, as always, a hot-button issue here on the books to debate, and hopefully we'll be settling this once and for all. Let's meet the two people who are going to work this out for us. Uh, debater number one. Citizens and intelligent life forms, this is your president, Dr. Von Wicked. Dr. Von Wicked. Now, um, hold on. I didn't President Smitty beat you in the election. I could have sworn that he won the election. If you choose to have the limited viewpoint of a singular reality, Mr. Allen, you'll notice that Doctor comes before my name, so I'm well-versed in the multiverse. Thank you very much. Well-versed in the multiverse. Lots of verses in that 
Sam Sentence. Well, okay, so we very have, observant. This uh, president clearly, so, it's your intellectual acumen that's brought you to your current state. So you're president of something. The uh, universe. The, un- oh, the universe. Oh, okay. That's a big thing. And we are part of that. I don't remember getting a vote, but okay. Well, that would have just clouded the entire process now, wouldn't it? Well, perhaps clarify. Anyway, let's meet debater number two who will go up against uh, Mr. Von Wicked. Dr. Von Wicked. President. Oh. President, Dr. Von uh, Hi, my name is Giorgio. Giorgio. And uh, who are you, please? I'm Giorgio. Uh, no, but like your qualifications. Uh, well, once I was a host on a cooking show. Cooking show. That's excellent. That's excellent. Now, uh, so obviously two qualified debaters, and overly I'm sure- Overly qualified. Overly qualified. And I'm sure I don't even have to introduce the topic, because knowing who they are, you know already that the, the topic is whether or not uh, drugs should be illegal. And as everybody already knows, uh, President Von Wicked believes that drugs should be legal. All drugs should be legal. And uh, Giorgio does believe in keeping drugs illegal. So um, I'm going to let Dr. Uh, President Von Wicked go President first. Doctor President Von Dr. Wicked. Von Wicked go first and tell us why drugs should be legalized. But well, this is very simple. Let me paint for you a picture, Frank Allen. Yes, You've that's just my been shot by my death ray. They've taken you to the hospital. Okay. You're in an excruciating amount of pain, but due to your miraculous host metabolism, you're still alive somehow in a very infuriating way. And there's no medicine they can give you because Giorgio over here has outlawed it. No, okay, I'm sorry. I should perhaps clarify. Those would be legal drugs, painkillers. You said all drugs should be... Should be legal. Legal, but yes, I agree. Some of them some All of them are legal should now. should be legal. Some of them are legal now. So that doctors like myself can ply their trade to save people but those like drugs, you. Those drugs are legal now. I think we're more concerned in the debate with the, the drugs that are illegal right now, like uh, things like um, uh, marijuana or cocaine or heroin, things like that. Let me explain something to you about the Von Wicked administration, Frank Allen. Okay. I found that laws made the entire process of rulership very cloudy. Sometimes people could escape my baleful glare. So I eliminated laws altogether, and now I rule with an unchallenged iron fist, democratically. Well, what, but what, without laws, what do you rule? Like, what, what? I mean, rule has rules right in it, right? There is an acceptance of my rulership, which is galvanized by my death rays. So people just kind of go and do whatever they want and... No, no. They do what I want. Well, that sounds like a rule to me. Oh, there are rules. Just no laws. What's the difference? The important difference is... Zap! Okay, that was close, but... Hmm. Seems to be some kind of uh, temporal deflector field here. Calculating. No, no. Don't bother calculating. Listen to this. Why? Okay, one question before I go on to Giorgio. Why should you allow your peasants to peasants, do subjects, subjects? Subjects. I'm sorry. To do these drugs like you. marijuana and cocaine and heroin. Why should they be allowed to do that? Why should they be allowed to imbibe substances into their own bodies? Yeah. Do you realize how difficult it is from a logistic point of view to govern what goes in each individual body? Last estimated count, there were nearly a Google subjects in my entire empire, and that's not counting such backwards planets as Earth. How can I possibly regulate what each individual intakes? So it's... Think of it, Alan! Too much you? The law is too much of a pain. It is unenforceable! Alright, alright. Unenforceable. Giorgio, now, how do you yes. argue that? Well, I just wanted to let everybody know that this one time, I had a really bad experience at a club, and like, I was tripping on God knows what, and I think it was like angel dust or something like that. You but sure uh, it wasn't the electrical cord? Yes. And, um, so I'm at this club, and I'm tripping on angel dust, and I end up going home with this chick, and it really, really upset my girlfriend Cleo, and uh, that's right. why drugs are bad. So, so they should be illegal. 
Because you can't be trusted. No, 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 they should be illegal. Were they illegal when you did that? Yes. So how would, so it didn't help? Yes, it did. It, well, you did it. Yeah, but that was just me. Not everyone is, is like me. Well, if not everyone's like you, then, so then they maybe they're already know. responsible enough to handle it. Which is why they should be illegal. No, that would be make them legal then. If they can handle it, they can be legal. Listen, not everyone is me. So therefore, if you can't be me, Giorgio, you need to understand the drugs need to be illegal so that you don't go home and nail some chick, and then your girlfriend gets mad at you and you don't get any. Okay, so you're saying, no, I'm, you're, you're just saying you- I was on a cooking show. You, but you were already, drugs were already le- illegal. They were already And they illegal. should continue to be, so but, I don't keep making the same mistake. But you already made the mistake. No, but they should enforce the laws better. So you want more laws, or m- better- I want, enforced. I want the laws to be reinforced. So you're saying, okay, so- <laughs> It looks like one side of our argument is saying the laws cannot be enforced, and the other side is just saying they should be enforced. No, they should be enforced more, because drugs should be illegal. That's why they are. Okay. Do- Dr. Von Wicked. President, President Dr. Von Wicked. President I doctor. will not correct you again, Alan Frank. Ton. No, no, no. That's a different guy. Look, do, do you agree that drugs should be illegal, meaning to say... There's something that confuses me, and that is why this debate is continuing, because I would have to say my victory is more sure than the time I ran against Ham Sandwich. Okay, but what I'm saying is... I remember that. You were saying that but they're they're not enforceable, but should they be enforced? I have over a Google citizens to deal with. Well, you scheduled the time on our show. If you don't... I mean, if this isn't worth your time... That is not what I am saying, Frank Allen. There are over... Are Google citizens in my empire of the universe. Okay. How can I, as supreme dictator, possibly know what omnipotence held? Well, yes. I, I've got an idea. Yes, that's how I'll do it. Excellent. You could you could delegate and make it so that, for example, No, all... no, the omnipotence helmet is what I'm going to back here. Well, I was going to say you could make it so that all the men are in charge of making sure the women don't do drugs, and that that way they'll all... have droids for that. Okay, well then, then you've got it covered. The metallic life forms keep the organic life forms in check. That's how it's always been since I've assumed control. So then what's the problem? Why, again, th- it sounds enforceable then. You've got an enforcer. He just proved my point. No, I have proven nothing, George. That's true. You have proven nothing. We, we actually do have an expert here who doesn't Can I wanna... finish? Oh, there's more. You want to know why my droids do not enforce this? Yes. You want to know why please drugs yes. should be legal? Yes. Why should they be illegal? That's not no an answer. No one's come here and said for definitive reason why they should be. All we've heard is talk about laws. Well, and here's the thing. They already are legality. illegal. You're the one who's proposing a change. Let me let me ask you this. Are you a lawyer? I'm a, a host of a show. I'm not a lawyer. Are All there right. any lawyers here? No, none of us are lawyers. So who here is qualified to speak on the law? Well, we don't, no one. Interestingly, we have Look, an expert. People like to use They might drugs. be qualified. So as your president, I give them to you freely. Well, you're also a supplier. Okay, hold on. We'll hold that thought. We do have experts who are waiting to, to get on president the line. President Dr. Yeah. Von Wicked uh, my name is Spezio. Spezio, please. And I, uh, I don't want to say exactly what I do okay. on the public radio, but I just want to say that drugs should remain illegal. Now, why is that? Because if they are legal, I will only say this, it puts me out of a job, because oh. they go to the corner store. Oh, you work for the DEA? Say, I, I tell you, I think you're getting things a little wrong. If you go to the store, you buy some drugs, you got nowhere else to go but the store. You know what I'm talking about? Well, I am the man you got to go to while the drugs are illegal, and that puts me sitting 
sitting pretty, and I don't want a change of the status quo. So, so you're I like on the law the way it is. You're on Giorgio's side now. Now hold on. I know Giorgio well from back in the day. Oh yeah, and I think that Giorgio is a trustworthy person who I would protect. Yeah, I'm Giorgio from the block. No, but but Giorgio, you said drugs are bad, and he's saying drugs are well, they should be illegal, but they're good. Oh, they're wonderful. And let me remind you, my name is Spezio. Talk to Giorgio if you want to get in touch with me. Don't get me involved in this, Frank. If I could comment on this, please. This. Well, first, I'd like to say that it's clearly a dubious lot of misanthropes that you've put me in here with, so I'm going to have a long talk with my campaign manager after after this program. But what I wanted to say first was this. I hate all these people. They keep calling me misanthrope. I can't stand them. Yes, this, that's great. That's great. Be quiet. Your, your president is speaking. Spezio here has made an excellent point. The drugs are wonderful. So what kind of benevolent dictator would I be if I did not abundantly give them to my subjects? No. Do you not like... Pleasure, Frank Allen. Are you saying okay? So, so let me get this straight. You're trying. Do to, you not like pleasure? Answer the question. Well, look, I'm not the issue here. I'm, I'm you the observer. Use your president. I'm the judge. Have you no patriotism? I, I have patriotism, but this isn't. This you're not part of my country. The point is, are, no, you're trying you're to give out drugs. My country. You're trying to give out drugs to keep people uh, passive. Placated is placated. the term that I prefer. Placated. All right. Well, we do have some more experts. Uh, please, another expert. Hi, this is Gummy Bear. Gummy Bear. Uh, hey, Frank. Hey, Dr. President. Hi. President Doctor. Hey, hey President yourself. Doctor. Hey, me? Gummy Bear. <laughs> is this a shout out? Do I remember you? Um, oh, no, no. <laughs> not you, silly. I'm oh. talking to President Doctor. <laughs> yes, but I don't think we should discuss this on the air. Yeah, I just wanted to say that I think that it would be totally hot if you had that kind of control over me. If you could, he, do, he does. He's do the president. I would, I would just that would make me really hot. <laughs> My people talk to your people. We'll see what we can work out after this. He's the president. Uh, yeah, he does have control over you. Please prevent me from doing drugs. <laughs> no, no. He wants you to be able to do drugs. I'll well, prevent you from doing drugs. We'll work this out after the show, oh. Frank. Don't interfere. This it is a matter like... of state. What? Oh, I thought you wanted to say something. I did. I said I'd prevent him from doing drugs. Really? Wait, so you yeah. want to be the, the president, too? I'll be her president. Would you like pay me to prevent... <laughs> Would you like pay Bitch, me I'm not going to pay you anything. So, no. Us? No. No, I have I another point to make, Frank What's your point? What's your point? I have a point to make. Okay. No, There's sorry. another reason why drugs should stay illegal. Yeah. Because there are plenty of legal drugs you can abuse. No, yeah. so you're like, advocating... I was, was robo-tripping just the other day. So the, the legal ones is the inferior product. No, no. Now, I think realistically speaking, no one should... Ab probably abusing anything is, is the problem. That wasn't the argument I was bringing to the like, Mr. Allen. What, what if people like to be abused? No, I'm not talking <laughs> about people. I'm talking about drugs. Yes, I'm going to have to agree with Gummy Bear on this, Frank. I've well, she's against the, drugs. I've noticed that the average citizen likes to be crushed under my boots. But she wants to not do drugs. She wants you to... Stop no, her. she wants me to dominate her. That's what she wants. All right. Um. Well. Okay. Now we do have one final expert who did want to say something. Uh, sorry, Gummy Bear. Well, we can talk to you in a moment, but we do have an expert here. Hello, Mr. Allen. Hello. Uh, who's this? I am Zah McNasty, M.D., and I went to the academy with the President Doctor. And for someone who so advocates drug use, I don't remember you using drugs at all back in the day. Yes, I'm glad that you've brought this up. You are quite Nasty. the sober Sally, if I do remember so. I don't know if we could consider someone that graduated.
graduated at the bottom of the class an expert on anything, McNasty. You shredded my homework. Don't think I've forgotten. I will invade your domain and reclaim my halls who you have taken from me. Shredded? Really? How pedestrian. I disintegrated your homework. Get it right. That's why you're always been an inferior foe. And I'm president, Doctor. Not you. Well, that's just fine because remember little Miss Cindy Lou who you took to the prom? She was a dude. Okay. Now, can I get her number? Not when I was done with her. No. That's right, McNasty. I transformed your own brother into a sister and then bedded her. Curse <laughs> you! Alright, now hold on. Um, McNasty? Yes? Which side of the argument are you on? Uh, whatever he isn't. You don't really know? That's right, I win. I'm, I'm just really... There's pent-up aggression in me. Well, do you want drugs to be legal or illegal? What's he say? No, I'm not telling. Alan, where do you find these so-called experts? Do you give out free <laughs> soup? Is that how you get them? It's not free. It's five dollars. But all right, all right. I I personally think drugs are bad. They are corrupting our youths, and that is a job for me. So they should but, be illegal. Yes, that's you're against him. You got it. I uh, am huzzah. easy to get found by Frank Allen or by anybody who needs me. Hold on, anybody who needs you. But what about like, for example, the police? The police don't need me. The police want me. I'm there for the need, not for the want. Allen. All right. Now hold on. We okay. We've got three experts here. Spazio. I would like to challenge. That assertion, Frank. I have yet to encounter an expert in this circus you call a debate. What about Gummy Bear? Gummy Bear will be a trusted member of my campaign. Okay. Gummy Bear, I have a question. I actually think it's kind of hot that Professor McNasty wants to take away my drugs. <laughs> oh, hold on. That, that you want to get with McNasty now? Yeah, it turns me on. My God, was that my brother? <laughs> Curse you! Understand, Alan, why I must rule with an iron fist? Why? Because the universe is made up of mush-headed idiots. Here, have some more pills, children. George I'm president Thank for you. life! Giorgio, please. Are these pills legal? No, that's the point. Yes, they are! No. Thank you. <laughs> They're legal. No, hold on. Different laws here. They're not legal in America. They're legal in is the America universe. Is America not part of the universe? Well, for example, you can, there, there are certain states in which medical marijuana is legal, but there's still it's still illegal in the country. Give me so you the can... coordinates for this America. We will liberate it post haste. You're in it now. This is it. You heard that, Doomtron. No. You... Begin the attack. No, no, no. No attacking. No attacking. The point is, look, I want to talk to Giorgio. Giorgio has very little, has said little, and I want to know this side of the argument needs to come out a little. Did you just say his? I'm sorry, are you? No, no, you were right. Oh, you're a guy. All right. That's right, I'm a man. Okay, you're a man. Is... Man's man. Uh, well, no, George, so George, is it, was it an issue? I didn't even know it was a question. I thought you were just Forget a... about it. Okay, wait, so, okay. Please, now tell us why you think drugs... I, I, I still don't understand. Drugs are... I think are, I made a very valid point here. That you had... There were plenty of legal drugs to get your jollies off. No, but why... We don't... It's not about... Is that what it's all about? Just jollies? No. Not yes, entirely. that's what it's always been about. Would you please let me speak? Thank you. So, I'm just making the point that illegal drugs make you do bad things. So therefore, they should continue to be illegal so you don't nail some chick and then get your no. girlfriend Cleo mad at you and then you don't get any. No, no, but what I'm saying is, do you think that drugs make you do bad things or do you think that people who do bad things also do drugs? Yes. Which one? Wait, what? Okay, one one side is the drugs make the bad and the other one is the bad take the drugs. The, the illegal drugs make the bad. Why? People because who would the not- the legal drugs still make the bad. Well, maybe they do. No, they do. Are you sure? 
Uh, from my personal experience, yes, I don't know if I told you this, but I was a host on a cooking show. Yeah? Well, I don't understand what that has to do with it. I have credentials, Frank. You cook with legal drugs? No. Well, then how? what what credentials does that give you? I don't need to, to nitpick with you over details here, Mr. Well, it's not so much nitpick. It's a question that's on all of our minds. All right, for example, I've got Gummy Bear here, who... Actually, no, Gummy Bear, why are you an expert? Uh, I, I, I worked professionally with the, with the doctor president. You're a, well, you're an expert I on one him, of our debaters. I know him personally. But are you an expert on the topic? What's more noble topic than your benign ruler, Frank Allen? Well, did you just Please. call yourself a benign ruler? Yes. I don't think that's what you meant. That means you don't do anything, right? Isn't that what that means? It means that I'm benevolent. Benevolent. Non-harmful. Oh, non-harmful. Okay. Everyone loves me. Really? Giorgio, mm-hmm. what do you think of... Uh... Yes, answer carefully, Giorgio. Whatever. Oh. Hey, Frank. Yeah. After Gummy the bear. show, do you want me to show you the area of my expertise? <laughs> uh, sure. That sounds like an idea. Okay. Uh, are you? How come I'm not being approached here? I Wait, think hold you on. answered your own question, oh, hold Giorgio. On. Hold on. I'm a, I'm a man, Gummy Bear. I'm a real man. Gum- I don't do the approaching. I get approached myself. I wasn't talking about you. Gummy Bear, are you... Wait, hold on. Wait, wait. were you actually his brother? Or I, was that true? Or Some things are better less undiscussed, Frank Allen. Would you agree? We're not here to the McNasty's dirty laundry okay. on your small, rarely listened to radio program. So she- something for the internet or the galactic web. Dirty laundry? You turned my brother into your sex slave, possibly on drugs. Jealousy doesn't two suit bad you. Things at once. Jealousy does not suit you, Professor McNasty. All right, well, and I use that title very incredulously. It is time, uh, unfortunately, to summarize our arguments with our closing arguments. So, uh, President, and they do that. No, no. President Doctor, you can summarize. An argument to educate you, Frank Allen, Please. is an assertion with a series of supporting facts. So what's yours? I have not been treated to an argument from my opponent. Merely we have heard a sordid tale of aborted bliss caused by some sort of angel dust, if you were. Whether or not that was invited, who can say? So you're... I find the entire notion of anyone wanting to bed Giorgio highly dubious. I'm a sexy man. So your entire argument... I find that highly dubious! So your entire argument is that Giorgio... No! I've only begun! Oh. You're just just I don't interrupt you, peasant. Let your I thought we were subjects. Zap! Now let me finish. Oh, go ahead. That wasn't supposed to be set to ouch. Not to increase the power on this model. All right, you're going to finish. My argument hinges on this. Who dares prove their president doctor wrong? Really, forge your name and address and phone number and other contact information to my campaign, and we will speak with you post-haste. Okay, so in other words, she has said. I'm sorry, he has said nothing, and it's right he. I said and I rule the universe, and you yes, rule the universe. Correct. That's the argument. Okay, uh, and Giorgio, what is your your counter to that? Drugs are illegal for a reason. Oh. They make people do bad things. Like this one time, my friend Popo went clubbing with me, and the oh, that was the same story. Never mind. And um, drugs are bad. Okay, so you're. And that's ar- why they're illegal. If you need to have some drugs anyway, there's plenty of others you can have that aren't illegal. Espizio, yeah. you know how to get in touch with me. No, you're a Spezio. I'm Spezio. Oh, you're advertising. Okay. It's it's not advertising. It's informing the public of my paid services. So it's a plug. All right. I wasn't done speaking oh, yet. Oh, speak, It's Giorgio. not a plug. It's an advertising. Giorgio. Never take drugs. That's it? Yeah. All right. Wow. Oh, gosh. 
This is another one of those ones where it's tough because neither Only side. Only if you have an IQ below two hundred, Frank Allen. Well, no, it's. I've just, already computed the results. It's a, it's one where it's tough because neither side has really said much of import. What is that to say besides supreme rulership? Might speaks for itself. Well, I did think about it. I'll tell you what, um, Doc, President Doctor, you uh, have given a lot of you said a lot of disparaging things about Giorgio, but you know things are a way they are for a reason, supposedly. So why should we change it? You haven't said anything. Drugs are illegal. They got to stay that way. Sorry, Giorgio did Thank win. you, Frank. Clearly, this entire election was rigged. It's not an election. And your planet will suffer. Thanks for helping me out. So, thank you, Giorgio. You did win. You're welcome, Frank. And you'll be back for round two, right? Damn straight. All right, good. Oh, I'll be back too, no, Frank. Hold, you, In your nightmares! You might be able to come back as a wild card. We'll see. We'll see. You are a famous person, but... Uh, the most famous person! All right, well, thank you. Thank you for taking time out of your Google of uh, peasants, but you're just going to have to keep searching them all for drugs. And thank you, Frank Allen, for carrying my visage upon yours. Patientron, engage. No, no, it doesn't work. I have a shield. You, I keep, keep forgetting telling I have yourself shield. that, Alan. Keep telling yourself. All right, all right. Now listen, thank you all for coming. We do have to say goodnight for the night and the day as well. Whatever. This is Debatorium 2007. We'll be back next time with our final round, uh, final, uh, final episode of our first round. It's going to be great. Thank you and uh, good night. That episode of Debatatorium featured the voice talents of Frank Allen, Charles Berman, Aaron Freakin' Gold, Ava Rosenblatt, Angela Tymon, Elijah Weberhan, and Jordan D. White. And now it's time. Well, I didn't say. I didn't say thank you. What? Well, Jordan used to say thank you, Rory. You know, because I did the credits. So you know, it's nice of you to thank me for doing that. Oh well, f- thanks. Okay. Well, you're welcome very much. Uh. Okay. Well, it's only polite, you know. So, okay, um, now you made me forget what I was... Oh, yes! It's time for an amazing edition of Scapey Stories. And you're probably going, hey, didn't we have Scapey Stories last time? Yes, but we also have... We had a Frank Allen show. We only want to do Frank Allen interview shows when there's no other Frank Allen show, Frank Allen. <sighs> well... I, yeah, but we were supposed to alternate back and forth. Yeah, but if we did that, you would have two shows this time, and then next show have none shows. And that would be habit-forming. What? Oh, that's a, that was really terrible. That was a terrible joke. I don't get it. It's a, oh, forget it. You don't want to get it. It's a, it's a terrible joke. I thought it was quite funny. Well, you thought wrong. So, anyway, the point is, fine. I Look, I understand your math behind it. I am actually a doctor of math as well. So, I can explain the math if you do not understand the math. Or I can invent a machine that will explain all math to you. Oh, for example, a math helmet. A math helmet that you put on your head, and whenever you encounter math in your daily life, it shows you all the equations for that math. That's a really good idea. No, that's a terrible idea. What, you wear a helmet on your head at all times, just in case you encounter math. Math can be very dangerous. Actually, it is something that a lot of people don't realize, but all car accidents, people die because of physics. What? No, that's, I mean, yes, but that's, that you're deliberately twisting the facts. But if they had the meth helmet, then they would understand how these things work. But they'd still be dead. Is it a protective helmet as well? Well, perhaps I will do a second edition that actually has more protective properties. Then it wouldn't be, okay, just... <sighs> Scapey stories, I said. You remember, guys, I said a minute ago? Here we go. Scapey stories, okay? Scabby stories from a cat and a dog.
Hello, and welcome to Scabby Stories from a Cat in the Dark. My name is Scabby. I am going to tell a scary story now. And, um, I'm, and that's it. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> okay. This is my guest listener for today. His name is Dr. Stowoff. Hello, and thank you for having me again on uh, Scabby Stories, Scabby, because I like to hear stories. So it's good. You're welcome again. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to just tell a story, okay? Okay. This is a story. Story called The Monkey's Paw by W.W. Jacobs. Okay, so, like, once upon a time, there was a family called the Whites. Right? Like, a father and a mother and a, a son. Oh, that sounds like your family. So it is your family? Uh, no, no, no. It's just a story. But your family is uh, Jordan and his wife, Devin, and you are his son. Well, and Burbell, too. But no, this is not... I don't think this is a story about us. It, uh... Well, but you're the son. I mean, perhaps in my head I will end up imagining Jordan and Devin and, and you as the son. Uh, no, 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 no. Because I don't want to be the son in this story. That's not so. Not so good to be the son. Oh. What happens to the sun? Well, I, I don't want to spoil it, but, you know, you, well, you see. So, anyway, a family called the Whites, right? And they were hanging out, playing, like, games and stuff. Oh, but your family likes to play games. They play board games. I know that they do. They always ask me to play, and I always say I cannot right now because I have to invent something. Oh, no, but that's a coincidence. This is not, I'm telling you, it's not It's not us, okay? It's not us. Okay. Anyway, look, they were just hanging out, and a friend of theirs was coming over. And it wasn't us. Anyway, a friend was coming over who was in like, the army and had done lots of crazy army stuff. And so he came over and he was like, oh man, in the army, I went all over the place. I saw crazy stuff when it really hit the fan, you know, it was nuts. And I saw other cultures with craziness. And Mr. White was like, hey, dude, tell me about, you were going to tell me something about a monkey paw, I think. And, the, and Mrs. White was like, what? A monkey's paw? What is that? Well, it is the paw of a monkey, I think. It is the part that they used to hold things. No, I mean, yeah. But, like, why, why is he... T- anyway, the point, what it is is that he had a monkey's paw in his pocket. He took it out. It was like, you know, dried up, river old monkey's paw. Not attached to a monkey, like, chopped off, but not breathing because it's dry now. Oh, that sounds fairly gross. I don't like that idea. Well, they were all like, yeah, that's gross. But they were like, why do you have it? What is it? What is the story about it? And he was like, well, this guy in India was like, hey, anybody who interferes with fate is like, gonna get hurt. So I'll prove it. I'll make a monkey's paw that gives you free wishes. <laughs> they don't cost you anything? No, like one, two, three wishes. Oh, how do they do that? Well, it's some sort of magic. Oh, I do not believe in magic. Actually, what you call magic, I probably call science. I could make a device that made you three wishes, although I don't know how well it would work. And I don't know about this playing with fate thing. No, no, no. It's, I'm telling you, it was magic. It was very magic. And it was like, it would give free people free wishes over, you know, time. And they were like, dude, why didn't you wish for things? And he was like, uh, I did. It was messed up. And they were like, well, did the person, did you, did somebody wish for things before you? And he was like, yeah. The first guy wished for things too. And I don't know what his first wish was, and I don't know what his second wish was, but, um, dude, his, his third wish was like, to die, okay? So it's messed up. And Mr. White was like, well, did you, why don't you sell it? You could get money. And he's like, uh, I don't, I don't know, right? People sometimes want to buy it, but maybe I won't sell it. And then he was like, throw it in the fire. And Mr. White was like, no, no, don't throw it in the fire. And, and he grabbed it, and he put it out, and went, 
Wendell, why are you fired? You're fired. He's like, because it's terrible. Seriously, it's terrible. And Mr. White's like, just give it to us then. And he's like, I'm not giving it to you. I'm throwing it in the fire. If you keep it, that's your business. And so they were like, well, I think I will keep it. And the son was like, hey, hey, yeah. And then the wife was like, hey, yeah, wish for, um, like a bunch more paws. <laughs> oh, actually, that would be easy for me to do. I have a replicator. I could put it in the replicator and replicate lots of monkey's paws. Again, I don't know how it works with this whole magic idea that you're making this be about. But if it is just advanced science, this can read advanced science and replicate advanced science very well. No, I'm telling you it's not science. I'm telling you. I'm telling you flat out. But anyway, they were talking about wishing for more wishes, and the guy's like... Listen, if you're going to wish for stuff, wish for stuff that's, like, sensible, okay? And they're like, <laughs> Anyway, some time passes, and the dude goes home, and they're like, What are you going to What are you gonna wish for? And he's like, Well, I don't know, you know. He said sensible things, I guess. But I don't understand how it could hurt you, you know. I don't... It's weird. But anyway, I don't even know what I would wish for, because I've got pretty much everything. I'm very happy. And the son was like, well, you still have, like, a mortgage on your house, so why don't you wish for some money to finish the house payments? So wish for, like, 200 pounds. Oh, that sounds very heavy. Now, I think he means, like, pounds is, like, what they call money in this story. It's like a fictional story. Oh, okay. And so he's like, all right, sure, that's pretty good, 200 pounds, okay. I wish for 200 pounds! And then he's like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa! And they're like, what, did you get 200 pounds? What? And he's like, no, what I Wrist, it was like the monkey's paw like moved. It was like moving, 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 and it freaked me out. And they were like, whatever, <laughs> that's not true. I mean, you must be crazy. And he's like, oh well, so where's the money? And they were like, well, I don't know, no money around. And he was like, oh, well, that's weird. But the guy said, the dude said that we might just kind of, it might, the dude said that. It would happen so naturally that it would be like, maybe it would seem like a coincidence. And they're like, whatever. So the next day, they're like, I don't know, still no money around. And they're like, oh, whatever. How's it going to hurt us? Is it going to fall on my head? Ha, 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 whatever. And so then they're like, going about getting ready for your day. And the son's like, I'm going to go off to work, guys. Bye. And they're like, bye. And he's like, don't spend all the money. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, man. So then they were going about their day. Like I said, the two older people, because they didn't have jobs, only the sun works. But your parents do work and you don't have a job. No, I said it's not about us. I stay home and they go out. In real life, this is not about us. In this the old couple stays home and the sun goes out to work. Oh, that's different then. That cannot be about you at all. That's what I've been telling you. It's not. Their name is White, but it's not Scapey White. Son is like <laughs> Herbert White or something. It's like not Scapey. Wait. Oh. It's not a big deal. It's just a, it's just not about us. It's not it's not a problem, okay? In fact, like I said, I don't want it to be about us. Because what happens then is they're waiting at home and they're like, somebody's outside. Why does he keep looking like he wants to come in but then like checking it out? And they're like, I don't know. But anyway, he comes in and they're like, he's like, um, listen, I'm from the place where your son works. And they're like, oh, what happened? And, and he's like, well, um, something. And they're like, did he get hurt? And he was like, yeah, he got hurt. Uh, but he's dead. So it's okay. And they're like, no, our son is dead. And he's like, listen, I really don't want to say this part, but I have to. So uh, I'm sorry. But here we go. Um, the, the place that he works says it's not their fault and they take no responsibility and no blame. Because he got, like, chapped in a machine, but they say it's not their fault, it's his fault, okay? But because they, you know, because he worked for them, they feel like they should give you some money, because he's dead. And Mr. White was like, what? 
how much money? And the guy, the, the guy's like, uh, 200 pounds. And the wife is like, ah! And the, the husband's like, oh no. And they're both really upset. They're both like freaked out. Well, that's understandable. Why don't they just use the resurrection machine? I'm sorry? Resurrection machine. Ah, uh, I don't know what that is. Don't worry about it. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, so he was dead, basically. The son was dead. And so they were upset, and they have like a funeral, and they bury him, and da 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 you know, the dead guy's off. And time passes, and all of a sudden, the wife one night goes, Wait a minute, where's the monkey's paw? And the guy's like, It's downstairs, what do you care? And she's like, Get it, we didn't make all your wishes. And, and he's like, Well, dude, the first one was not that good, so I want to do another one. And she's like, Well, I do, give it. And he's like, Well, let me get it. And she's like, Okay, now wish for our son to be alive again. He's like, uh, I don't think I should because he was dead for like a bunch of days. So he's gonna be gross. Plus, the machine really kind of messed him up. I mean, he was really gross. I don't think that I want him to be alive like that. And she's like, Josh, do it! And he's like, okay, fine. I wish my son was alive. And then he dropped it again. And he was like, that was weird. And then they sat there, looked around, and they were like, um, Okay, I guess it didn't work. Let's go to bed. Well, but that doesn't make any sense because they did that last time. They wished and then it didn't happen until the next day. So why would they think it didn't work? Uh, I don't know. That's the scientific method. You do experiment and you see things happen. They said wish for something and it did not come true right away. It took, took a little bit of time. And so the next time to, to expect that it would come true right away doesn't actually make any sense. It goes against observation. I, I, I don't know. Maybe they just... We're stupid. I don't know. Well, perhaps they don't know the scientific method as well as one would hope that they would. But I can definitely tell you that they made a bit of a mistake there because I bet you that the wish came true. Well, well, this is what happened. Like, they went back to bed and a little while later, there was like a little bit of a knock. And he was like, what? Was that a knock? And then there was another knock. And he was like, "Uh uh-oh. And there was another knock. And she was like, what's that knocking? And he was like, it's a rat knocking. Like, don't worry about it. Just go back to bed for Pete's sake. And And then there was a router knocking. And she was like... Oh my god! That's our son! He was at the cemetery! It took him a long time to walk home, that's all! So, it totally came true, I'm gonna go let him in! And the, the father's like, Don't you do it! He's gonna be creepy! Oh, why would you do such a thing? Well, yes, his face would be really messed up, but I imagine some sort of good plastic surgeon would be able to, you know, correct for that. Or a plastic surgery machine. You know, I could invent a machine that would actually fix your face so that you load in a certain face pattern, and every day, at the beginning of the day, you go to that thing, and it will refresh your face back to that exact same pattern so that your aging won't ever happen. That's actually not a bad idea. I should patent that. No, but this was before you came up with that idea, so they could, you couldn't use that machine. They were just like, Mr. White was like, he's going to be ugly, and gross. And Mrs. White was like, I'm not afraid of him. I'm going to go let him in. And she runs downstairs and he's like, where's the monkey's paw? Where did it go? Oh my God. And she's like, dude, the door is locked. I can't get it open. Come down here and let him in. And the father's like, no, I'm not going to. And he's looking for the monkey's paw. He's looking for it. He's looking for it. And he hears the wife downstairs like getting out the chairs and figuring out ways to open the door. Doesn't matter. And he's like, where's the monkey's paw? Oh, there it is. And he grabs it. And she's opening the door and he grabs it and he's like, wish, 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 wish. And he makes his final wish. And then I was and he hears his wife go, oh no! And he's like, oh no! And he runs downstairs and he looks, and there was nothing there on the porch. Nothing at all. The end. So he made the wish. Uh, what did he wish for? What? What was his final wish? Uh, uh, 
I, I don't know. Well, what do you mean? You don't know. You you read me the story. You have to tell me what his wish was. His first wish was for two hundred pounds. His second wish was for his son to be alive. What was his third wish for? Um, um he maybe for the son to be dead. Well, then there would be dead body on the on the porch, would there not? Oh, or maybe he wished for him to be back in the grave. Well, then he will claw his way back out again, and he will come back in like a couple of hours. Well. Maybe. I mean, I doubt that's what would happen, because then they wouldn't put the end, probably. Maybe he wished that his son never existed. Well, I don't think that that would be what he asked for, do you think? You don't think so? Plus, then I think then the entire story would be different. All of a sudden, there would never have been a son in the first place. What would he have had die in order to, to get 200 pounds? Uh, maybe... I don't, I don't know. Maybe somebody just gave him 200 pounds. But then why? Then he still has another wish, right? Uh, well, uh, well, okay, he probably didn't ask for his son never to exist. Okay, uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe he wished his son was in Japan. Oh, well, to be fair, that would take him an awfully long time to get back from if the people in Japan did not just think he was a zombie and kill him, which is probably what they would do. I know they have lots of samurai swords there. They would probably attack him and chop him to bits. Which would probably kill him. So that's basically, okay, so that's probably what he wished for. He probably was like, I wish that my son was in Japan and was killed by samurais, okay? So then they would chop him up, he would be dead again, and they wouldn't have to worry about it anymore. But following the idea of the story, then wouldn't something have to come back and bite him? Like, wouldn't someone have to say the people in Japan would figure out who this man was, that zombie that attacked them, and say, let's find out where he came from, and they would attack the old man and his wife, like some months later, because they think that they sent a zombie after them. Well... I mean, they didn't. Let's just say they didn't. That was part of his wish, too. He said, I wish my son was in Japan and was going to be killed by samurais, and they would never know it was me who put him there. Oh, that's pretty sensible of him. That was a good wish. If he had thought out all of his previous wishes as much as that, then he wouldn't have had such a problem, actually. So it's wise of him to have thought that one out so much, but if only he had thought out all three wishes that way. Yeah, yeah, basically, basically. So what is the scary moral for this story? Oh, uh, the scary moral is, be careful what you wish for, or you're Son will die, Dad. That was a little pointed. Is something wrong with your dad? Well, my dad is not here right now, so I don't know. Okay. Well, anyway, that was the scary moral. So I hope everybody learned it for the first time. Okay. Um, next time on Scapey Stories in two weeks, I will I will read another scary story to somebody. Mm-hmm. Bye. Thank you, everybody. Thank you very much. Thank you. What are you thanking us for? Like, you know, when you finish performing, you thank everybody. Well, that's if they're applauding, and we weren't applauding. Not because it wasn't good, but, you know, we just weren't. Uh, Well, so... Shut up. Time to move on. Time to move on. Let's get to the, the next part. Oh, the next part is the best part. Okay, guys. Shh. Quiet down. We weren't saying it. Shh. Quiet down, I said. Fine. Okay. One, two, three. For Skip is the host of the show now, yeah, yeah. He is the host of the show. It's awesome, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The show is better than ever before. I said, oh, Skippy, Skippy, don't you wanna be the Host of the show for forever, baby, Scapey, Scapey, the Scapey show, Scapey is the best house, best house of a show, yeah, 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 yeah. Are you going to crap this on so I can... Oh, yes, yes. Hello, yes, very good. Thank you, guys. Thank you, serious. Okay.
So now it is time for uh, the listener mail, mm-hmm. which I cannot read. So uh, I will ask Mr. Frank Allen to read this piece of mail that came in, okay? Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, dear, oh, well, it doesn't say dear, actually. It says Dio. Oh, great. I'm going to have to do a speech impediment. All right, here we go. Ready? Dio Scapey. I am most definitely not a cat. My name is Tinkobell. I think you are the coolest cat in the world. I think Scapey's stories are amazing. I know that you don't like other cats, so it's good that I am not a cat. We should totally hang out. I can get my own, or I mean, I can get some moist food for eating that you can eat the white way. Anyway, you are awesome. I think you walk. Love. Tinkerbell. Oh, well, thank you very much for saying I rock. Because I do. Um, and regarding your offer of moist food, I think that that sounds absolutely scrumptious. <laughs> I would love to eat moist food, especially, like, every day. <laughs> so, uh, that sounds good. I'm really glad you're not a cat, though, because, uh, yeah, other cats sort of are bastards. Well, Scape, I think this, uh, this, this Tinkerbell might be a cat. I thought you said Tinkerbell, not Tinkerbell. Well... You just said the same thing twice, but I think the implication here is this is a cat pretending not to be a cat. No, Frank Aaron. No, that's stupid. Okay. Well, then hang out with Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell! That's what I said. Okay, wow, this is not... I think I'm not going to read the next one. Fine. Uh, Rory Sinjin will read the next one for me. Right, Rory Sinjin? Uh, yes, sure. Why not? Here's the next email. It says, I am Suleiman Mohammed, bank manager of BOA Bank in Burkina Faso. I would like you to indicate your interest to receive... This is not... No, escape. This isn't listener mail. This is spam. Spam? Like, that's food. No, it's a junk email. It's they're trying to scam you out of money. Well, I don't have any money. Well, then it won't work. But this, this, this is not actually listener mail. They didn't mention... Let me look. No... No, they don't mention any of our shows at all. Oh, well, hey, okay, Suleiman, you suck. Joke's on you. If you don't even listen to a podcast, you won't even know, but guess what? You suck. Yes, you really told that one, yes. Hmm. One more piece, one more piece of mail, okay? Uh, Do you want to read Dr. Starroff? Oh, yes, actually. Well, I do have a reading machine, but I will read myself. It will simplify things for the purposes of right now. Uh, It says, Dear Frank Allen, you are kind of a dick, and I was pleased to see the turn that your life has taken when I watched your film Chaos Theory. Way to go. What? What? What are they talking about? What? Uh, Yes, I see. Uh, They provided a link here, and it looks like there's a film called Chaos Theory, and the main character is named Frank Allen. Well, that's not... That's not fair. That's not legal. I should sue them. Well, no, I don't think you can actually sue them. Well, they use my name, so that sounds pretty... What's the film about? Uh, It looks like it's about a professional speaker who lectures on time management, uh, who has a very perfectly ordered and scheduled life, and, you know... They end up uh, getting their life all screwed up by practical joke and miscommunication and all sorts of things like that. So, well, that's—I mean—that's clearly based on me. No, that's not. What do you mean, clear? You—you're not, you're not a motivational speaker. You're not an efficiency manager. You, your life was never screwed up by by a practical joke. Well, no, but I—I'm not a professional 
speaker who lectures on things, but I use my voice as my profession at the drive-through. Well, no, I meant at, like this stuff, you know, doing the shows I do. I mean, that's not that's not right. That they would. I mean, clearly they must have seen, heard me on here, and stolen it and made it into a movie. Made what into a movie? You these events that happened in the film did not happen to you. I am going to have to talk to my lawyer. You don't have to have a lawyer anymore. Well, I can. I'm sure there are lawyers listening to this who would like to take up a case that they know is a surefire win. So, contact me. Contact, actually, uh, everybody could contact all of us, whether you're a lawyer or not, okay? Because our email is castingwax at gmail.com, okay? Um, just in case you didn't understand what he said, I feel I should point out that is castingwax at gmail.com. I said, I just want the same thing I just said! Yes, but I said it without a speech impediment. Well, you have an accent, it's just as bad, really. Yeah, I think it's not, uh, Oh, actually, uh, I have an invention that it removes all accents from voice. I'm actually using it now, that's why I speak so well as I do. It, you put it on your throat, and it makes it so that you no longer have a funny accent at all. And it seems to work just as well as your other inventions. Well, unfortunately, everybody, that's about it for our show. But next week, we're going to have another show. And next week, it was our 50th show, okay? Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, it's number 50. That's a, that's a lot of shows. Yes, it is. That is a lot of shows. It's unfortunate that Jordan won't be able to join us for such a landmark episode. Oh, well, perhaps I can actually help you with that. Oh, great. No, no, no. I have an idea for it invention that could possibly help you. I can make a robotic replica of Jordan, and he could be on the show. Oh, that sounds like it would be very cool. No, that sounds like a disaster. No, that's Frank. I am the host. I get to decide things. Mr. Steroff, Doctor, I mean, Steroff, would you like to make us a robot Jordan, please? Well, I would be most honored to make it for you. That is absolutely my pleasure. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, Frank, haha. <laughs> anyway, time for us to go. From all of us, I say goodbye, okay? Everybody, bye. Well, if you're safe from all of us, you don't have to ask us Fine, to... fine, okay, fine. Goodbye. I speak for everyone. Goodbye. Thing I thought before Ooh, You smashed me In the face with that swinging glass door As it cracks, I can't help but relax I can hear my heart waxing So poetic as I'm tumbling to the floor I came around Gently woken from my sleeping oh, You come around To my side And you were weeping Though I had passed out I was really passed out I love you, I love you hard And put pressure on my wounds My heart is pounding Just stabbing you by my side Oh, funny how love is born When two strangers collide But alas, now I'm missing my class As you're pulling the glass out of my chest I feel it tingling deep inside What can I do? Faced with such a tough decision oh, There's two of you Or is that just a You want me, what do you want me? I said, oh, I was passed out I was really passed out
on the next episode of Cast in Wax. On Epic Echoes, the flashback comes to the modern day with robot spiders. It appears to be decoding all encrypted information on the local global computer network, the World Wide Web. Why do the 21st century people call the global electronic information network a web? Rumor has it they would get caught in it for hours at a time without being able to disentangle themselves. Poor bastards. And at the beginning of the new season of Decker and Hayes, Stella struggles to deal with her new predicament. Damn it! Baby, let me take care of it. No! I can do it! Stella, don't! God damn it! You okay, baby? No! I'm not freaking okay! I'm a freaking cripple, Macy! All this plus a Frank Allen interview, finally. And of course, the Rory Sinjin patented historical information. All of it coming your way on... April 6th for the 50th episode of Cast and Wax to Waxwork.com. <laughs>